Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm James Haskell, along with my co-host Glenn Martin and DK in the background. We are excited for another live session of uh, the show this evening on a Thursday night. Glenn, it's been two weeks, I think, two weeks, right, since we've gone live? Yeah, just been doing a bunch of recorded videos, and so it's nice to be back live. Uh, it's always it's the most fun, I think, you know, we have is doing these live shows. They're the, for sure. They're, the most entertaining we uh we love seeing the chats and sometimes they can get uh pretty entertaining themselves so yeah we, we enjoy it but happy to be back uh certainly talking with you with dk in the background making sure. this look better and smarter uh than we actually are what's going on jackson what's going on king blaze appreciate you guys coming out connor what's up appreciate mm-hmm. you coming out as well but yeah i mean look this is right now the time where every sports fan is uh you know kind of Waiting for something more to happen than just baseball. Uh, luckily, I am a, a, an Orioles fan, and they're in the they're in the race, so it's it's been keeping me going. But yeah, man, it's weird. Turn on, get up, and and turn on you know your traditional you know morning shows, and it's like all they're really doing is what we're going to be doing here today, just pontificating, guessing, mm-hmm. predicting. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a weird time in the sports world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you if you're looking for something to excite you in the sports world. The Orange Curtain 50K, baby. This Saturday, it's oh. on like Donkey Kong, man. I'm yeah. excited about it. I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, I'm real nervous. Today was my last shakeout. Tomorrow, I'm going to rest the legs, stay off my feet. Okay. And Thursdays or uh, Sundays or Saturdays, it, man. Saturday is it. I'm going to. You're looking to compete in this thing, right? Looking to compete in this one. I'm looking yeah. to win my age group. Mame. And, uh, and hopefully, three overall. And uh, I'm looking to do a sub 830 um, per mile. So, And this is uh, a 30-mile race. 31-mile race. Woo! Jimbo, you're a better man than me. Give him hell out there. That's right. That's All right. Look, I, my mantra for this race is that pain only hurts. <laughs> That's one, the one biggest my, problem I have with it. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite endurance r- runners yeah. said his, his mom developed MS when he was younger, and so he took care of her for a lot of his childhood. And she always used to tell him, pain only hurts. It only hurts. So uh, if it gets True. if it gets tough out there, I'm just gonna try and remember that. Hey man, just hey, just do it like you always do when it gets tough. Just give me a call. That's right. I <laughs> I might not be able to breathe, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I might have to give you a call so you can give yeah, me some man. fireworks. But anyway, I'm excited about it. I've been thinking yeah. about it. I'm probably talking about it way too much. It's been consuming my brain, and and uh, my wife's tired of hearing about it, so she's glad <laughs> it's coming up. Got you. Well, I'll be rooting for you, no doubt. I hope you'll have a cold beverage waiting for you at the end of that one. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty intense. And mm-hmm. I hope, of course, that the weather allows you to have all this as well and, and participates. But yeah, let's get into some of uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about. I, you know, we want to touch on some of the. There isn't a whole lot of of, of news coming out about the yeah. Ravens, but there was some exciting bits leaked out into social media from some of the players who are working out together. So we're certainly going to get into that uh in a little while you know if we have time we're going to talk about some of the remaining free agents i'll bring up a list and we can kind of go over if there's anybody we think is valuable but the place we're going to start is really talking about if there's any interesting camp battles and look yeah there might not be a ton of battles at the top you know the you know for the for the one or two Mm -hmm. and all at every position there are some but there's some pretty interesting battles in the, you know, the the back end of that roster. I think that not a lot of people are talking about, but I think uh, are going to be interesting for those who are super into training camp and preseason. And I know we're all going to be out there for as many as we can get into. So 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking that a lot. What Which position, you know, we talked about the wide receivers in a standalone video, uh, which you guys can certainly go and check out anytime. But where else are you, when you look at this roster, do you see some intrigue, whether it's the at the top end or even at the back end of, of a position group? Yeah, actually, it might not sound like it uh, right off the top, but and we kind of talked about this in our very last show when we were talking about like pros and cons, but I'm interested in the in the tight end room only because we have these two guys that we drafted last year, one who we saw way more than the other. But it's funny, even though we saw way more Isaiah Likely than we did Kohler, everyone seems to be raving about Kohler right now and not so much about Isaiah Likely. So I think that's another one to keep an eye on. It's kind of, you know, I think it would make sense for us to, talk a little bit about because it's intriguing what is Kohler going to do in camp can he do enough to convince uh Munkin to get him the ball right to force his way on the field and then how does the balance of all that work with a guy like Mark Andrews in there so that that group definitely has me excited one of the things I'd want to know from you is what are your expect like what are your realistic expectations of the breakdown of this room if you're talking um uh target share right so we're going to say or Patrick Ricard is officially in the tight end room. And his target share, I'm going to put at 2% of the tight ends, right? Like something ridiculous. So it's going to mm-hmm. be super low. Yeah. The goal is not to pass him the football. But of the other three guys, you know, it's in your mind, when you think about that room, are you as intrigued by it as myself? And and how do you feel about the 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 target share? Yeah, I mean, I th- I'm interested in the, in the Kohler versus Isaiah Likely. I think everybody is just penciling Likely in as the guy who's going to be the more productive between the two, but that might not be the case in actuality. You know, that, that, that might've been a look that Greg Roman preferred or was, it was just really dealing, you know, using the hand he was dealt because Kohler had the injury, uh, which kept him out of the early part of the season and allowed Isaiah likely to get way ahead of where Kohler was. Uh, but Munkin might look at this as a flip-flop. You know, he might say, I'm liking more what I'm seeing out of Kohler. And I feel like I can get, now I'm sure he's going to use both, but all I'm saying is, it might not be a guarantee that Isaiah leads that you know that group of two in targets. It, it could be that Charlie Kohler shines more than Isaiah Likely this year. I, I don't think I don't think we know. It might be a th- scenario where Isaiah Likely's used more in between the twenties, mm-hmm. and Charlie Kohler's used much more after you get into the red zone or if you're backed up. Maybe maybe that's his role. Maybe he he, he trumps Isaiah in the touchdown category, but Isaiah has the more catches and more yardage. I think that that's all something that. We just don't know yet. But also, there's another guy on this roster. You know, we talk about Pat Ricard maybe transitioning from fullback, or I guess he'd have to 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 take on some of those blocking tight end mm-hmm. roles if he's going to make himself a member of this roster. But there's a guy, a six seven rookie out of Nebraska, six seven, two hundred and sixty pound Travis Volkolek, uh out of Nebraska, who I think is going to try and make a fight Pat Pat Ricard for that blocking tight end at six, six, uh, seven, 260. I mean, he's got the beef to do it here, Jim, mm-hmm. though. But mm-hmm. what, what do you see as – do you think Pat Ricard will just be penciled in as a tight end, or is he just going to stick as a fullback but do so much more as a tight end this year? And and kind of how do you look at that, that, that dynamic? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, in my mind, I automatically put him in as a tight end. Um but he could still be in the back room and he's just a, he's just, okay. So he's, he's two Taysom Hills, right? Like Taysom Hill then consumed another Taysom Hill. Right. And then that's just kind of what happened to Patrick Ricard. Right. So like, I think he's going to be in a multitude of rooms and he's going to, you know, be in all kinds of different packages and things like that. Um, 
I think they'll find a way to get value out of him because he's a valuable player in his versatility. Guys like that in the league hang around because they are so versatile. So I don't think the Rook takes his job. I think Pat is – look, I mean, this guy sounds monstrous, but people said – I mean, we even talked about the potential of, of Patrick Card being replaced by one Ben Mason, right? And that flamed out real quick. Like, I think Pat is much more rare – in his versatility and his size and athleticism than people even realize, even sometimes here in Baltimore, you know, and we might take, take yeah. it for granted, but, and I think that alone keeps him on the team. Um, but yeah, I don't see him or I see him more in, in an even more versatile role than he was last year, where it's simply at the fullback or outside, you know, I, I think he, he does more, um, which, which could be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But, and- so no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and and it's not like Todd Munkin is not gonna run the ball. I loved. It. I don't know if you guys watched the Wired series on the that the Ravens put out uh, periodically. I don't, I'm not sure how often they put them out, but they just released one either yesterday or the day, and they showed briefly a, a portion of a clinic that they held where they brought in a bunch of coaches, um, and you know it's something that Harbaugh said he wants to keep alive. It's something he grew up being a part of as his dad running coaching clinics and how. Coaches coming up through the ranks would go to all these clinics and learn something from all these guys. And they showed very brief snippet of Todd Munkin talking to those coaches. And he talked about the importance of a run game. And he says, you can't control a football game if you can't run the ball. You mm-hmm. can't do it. He said, I, I fully believe that. And I thought that was – and that was really the only snippet that they showed of him talking. I thought that was kind of interesting because we always talk about the transformation he's going to do in the passing game. And we're kind of acting as if he's just going to cast the run game to the side. But it's pretty clear that the run game is super important to Todd Munkin, despite you know the fact that we expect him to overhaul the passing game. And we have to remember also that Nick Chubb went for, what, 1,500 yards in the one season he was the OC uh, in Cleveland. Yeah. No, that's, that's so a- you better be able to block. It's not saying that Pat Ricard is not going to have a role, is all I'm saying. Right. The only tough part is, like, I think when you watch tape, Maybe it's just more because people are like, well, there never was a fullback on the field, but maybe it just has more more to do with the roster, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. say there's never a fullback on the field, but there was also never a Patrick Ricard on his roster. Right. You know, exactly. so, so he so, might find right. a, a big role for him. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be interesting. Is there so offensively speaking, though, the other room, and we don't have to spend a ton of time here, but I also think it's of intrigue is the running back room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When it really, when it comes down to once again, the usage of it, right? Because we've talked about. I think that JK could, you know, on a, on a top end, have like an Austin Eckler type year in overall production, because I think that if he can show how, how dynamic he is, then the, then coach is going to get the ball in his hands as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Gus kind of potentially going uh, down in his numbers, but talk about the back end of that group, Glenn. You got Justice Hill and you also got the rookie and I'm forgetting his name, but he's super fast. Yeah. Keith Mitchell. A, there you go. He's from a small school. Where's he? ECU? Yep. ECU. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me about the, the, what you're like, put, you know, act as if the crystal balls there talking about the projection of this room and, and kind of what you see it being in the season. Yeah. It's just going to be an interesting one because you get, you got the frustrations with JK Dobbins, which if mm-hmm. he, if he re- comes out to camp and kind of puts those behind him and just gets to football, uh, then I think, you know, that, that makes things even more interesting. Cause it's like, how are you going to deal with, with the two-headed monster of Dobbins and Edwards, and then how do you incorporate incorporate uh, Justice Hill, who's who was brought, you know, who came in the league as a, a known as a pass catcher, a pass catching back, 
And we haven't really seen much of that because Greg Roman's system just doesn't throw the ball ever to the running back. It doesn't matter if you're one, two, or three on the depth chart. You ain't getting a throw to you. Uh, but I imagine that we're going to see that from Todd Munkin. So I, I'm assuming that he wants to get Justice some run. And then what do you do with Keaton Mitchell? Because at least you can take Justice and go, well, his roster spot is justified by his incredible comp contributions on special teams. I mean, he's on every unit on special teams. It's not like he's just on kick coverage or he's just on punt returns. He's on all of them. So he makes an impact there. So the only way you're going to carry Keaton is if you can get him on the field in a lot of ways, similarly to a Justice Hill. So if Keaton can show out as a special teamer, then he might be able to fight his way on. But if he can't, if he can only show that he can help on the field, you know, on offense, then it's like, how are the coaches going to keep you up unless there's an injury to JK or an injury to Gus? So I think Keaton's most, like, most obvious route is practice squad. And then mm -hmm. if there's an injury, he's elevated. Because how how I mean this is a this is a group man which is really by the way we're gonna get into it I mean maybe oh, I, yes. maybe now's the time but they came out with a damn list again Jimbo it just boils my blood man they come out with again again a list of the top running back units in the National Football League and can you guess who's not even in the top yeah 10? the freaking Ravens dude I can't believe yeah. Every time, I don't know what it is. You know, I blame it on Gus Glenn. It's because I always come back to this. When they omitted Lamar from the top 2,525 list, we I, I directly reached out to the guy that that publicized that published the list, that made it and published the list. Said he was coming on the show. I tweeted my disdain about it, and then he backed out of coming on the show. Yep. So since then, I'm just blaming it. It's all our fault. It's our fault. I guess so. I guess yeah. we're to blame. <laughs> It's insane, though. I mean, they've got to be losing credibility at this point, right? I, I just – it's just goofy. Like, I don't know why – I mean, I, yeah, I Can know we he's... talk about that and – can we just sidebar really quickly and, and – Actually, yeah, let, yeah let, DK, if you're all right with that, we're just going to sidebar real quick. We're going to talk – because, yes, I I sent I remember, it to the group chat. Yeah, was, I want to – right. I don't know if we can get it up on the screen here, but let's see. I just – I'm pulling up some of the names. Okay, so I'll, I'll read the name. Top 10 right now, running back units in the league. Number one, Sam Fran. Number two, Atlanta Falcons. Three, Cleveland Browns. Four, Tennessee Titans. Five, Indianapolis Colts. Six, Green Bay Packers. Seven, the Raiders. Eight, the New York Giants. Nine, the Chargers. And 10, the Dallas Cowboys. So, I'll start with 10. Wow. So, basically, they don't have Zeke. Right, they're, and even if they did, he's a dumpster fire, right? Okay. So, like, they're basically they got, saying Tony Pollard is better than J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards combined. I don't think me, that's – I'll give you their – Tony Pollard's coming off a broken leg at the end of the season, by the way. Yeah. And Malik Davis is the number two. Never heard of him. Ronald Jones, I'm assuming this is the guy from Tampa who had a brief stint of success and as soon as but Fournette Ro came there, he got – Rojo? Yeah, but as soon as Fournette got here, he was, he was out of there. And Deuce Vaughn. Right. How in the world is that considered a better group than J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill? I mean, how is that even like what Gus? Ed, first of all, I think really what this is is just more complete disrespect to Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. I mean, like, how does he not put that above? The t I mean, I just make dude Tony Pollard coming off a broken leg. Malik Davis is his backup, and that's a better group. Than J.K. and Gus Edwards? I mean... Yeah, I, I just want to... 
it's crazy to me because I, I just, out of curiosity, pull up their statistics. And so throughout their career, they've actually, Gus Edwards has got um, nine less uh, carries. And he's only got, let's see, uh, I think uh, 40 less yards. Uh, it's like 39 less yards in in uh, in that span. So he's got... there being Pollard? Yeah, then Tony Pollard, where Tony had for a lot of this time. I mean, let's be honest, he was the back, right? Yeah. Like, uh, let's see, I'm just giving you some examples here. Um, 19 is, and if I'm not so like Gus came on one year before Tony, but when when Gus 5.2, 5.3, 5.0, 5.0, Gus every single year has averaged five yards plus and 700 yards in every year except last year. Now, Tony's had a bigger, he had a bigger year last year. But his first two years, 455, 435, he had 1719 and 1,000 yard season. So I think it's hard for me to say, oh, this guy is substantially better than the other. If you want to argue Tony Pollard's maybe a, maybe a step better, you yeah, can you, argue, you argue that. about Gus. We haven't even talked about J.K. How about J.K. Dobbins? That's the crazy part of all this. I can't crazy. believe it. It's like, crazy. Dude, like J.K. Dobbins, a guy who averages what six yards a carry in his career, it's like they—they, they, come on, he's not even like you said. Pollard, it's an argument if Pollard is better than just Gus. Gus, right? And that's an argument in and of itself. Yeah, like they're very comparable, like extremely crazy, comparable man. in their statistics, and that's not even including J.K. Dobbins. That's insane. Is there any? So there's some other ones on here. I think I got I got some some gripes with, but part of it for me has to do with like. Just like you said, you round out the whole room. You got to consider the whole room. Like, yeah, who, who, I, I mean, all these guys have good number ones, and I like Atlanta because they got what Bijan and they got Corderell. So I, I give them and Cleveland, of course, with Chubb, but they but don't Bichon have Bijan no is more. a is a projection, right? Like he's a projection. He's never he's a played. Yeah, and Cleveland doesn't have Kareem Hunt anymore. So while I mean he's great, don't get me wrong, Nick Chubb. So if you want to give him that, I'll even get because Nick Chubb is a great running back. Derrick Henry, same thing. You know. Taylor had a great, you know, a, a rookie season. Had a right last a, year he had under a thousand yards though. And who's his backup now? Right, I, I, don't I know, know they. I know they traded away some of them. They might have gotten somebody, but I know Hines is gone. But the point is, it's it's it's, it's just, egregious. It's egregious. Yeah. I know we we took a sidebar there, so we'll get back to our worthy our... sidebar though. I'm glad you brought that up because my gosh. But the last thing I want to say about Cowboys, the back room, bro. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about the running back room though, Glenn, is that. We, 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 of all people, us, this is how well he played. And I think we both liked his game last year and his effort and output. Justice Hill turned that ship around, boy. I'll tell you yeah. what, he went right in the harbor and said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Turn that sucker back. I'm open. I'm out to open waters, man. I ain't parking yet. Right. Like he turned that ship around and mm-hmm. showed effort, grit, like all the things like uh, elusiveness, after the t- after contact, you know the ability to keep going. Do you have optimism towards him forcing his way into more action offensively, not just purely on special teams? I do, I do, because I think what what he struggled with uh, initially, and I think he might still struggle with this. We just haven't seen enough. Is he doesn't have the the best vision? I don't think as a running back, which of mm-hmm. course is extremely important. We saw clips where you know he he didn't hit the obvious hole, and so I think. That's the issue. But if you get in the ball in space, then it, that's, it's not as, you know, it's not as important to have that, that running back vision, which I think is one of the most underrated things that a running back can have. You can have change of direction. You can have balance. You can have this. You can have that. If you don't have good, you know, vision, 
It's like, uh, what's that? Trent Richardson. That's what they always say. He had everything, but he had mm-hmm. vision. And mm-hmm. we saw what ended up with him. So I think if you can get this guy in space, all of a sudden it's not as important. And man, he was running hard last year, Jimbo. I mean, I was totally blown away at how he came back and fought back from that injury and looked better than I've ever seen him before. He had burst. He had explosiveness. He was running he was uh, moving the pile when he was being tackled. He was finishing every single run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think he absolutely will. If he had that leap after the injury, what what's he going to look like this year? If he kept that same kind of work ethic, I think he could. Uh, yeah, he could be in for a big role and might pop one uh, before the season's out. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. I'm I'm rooting for him because I feel like he really has started to get it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he played like his life, his career was on the line last year, and and it was exciting. I like when guys play that way. Um, so that's exciting. But uh, what other room, what other position groups offensively or defensively uh, got you intrigued, got you excited? Well, I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, the cornerback room, and I'm still I'm still thinking that they're they're still going to add to this room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, look, how, how much let me ask you this. Like mm-hmm. we don't we haven't seen a lot of Caillou Blue Kelly. Right. But if you just look at this group, you got to think that he's going to have to participate early and often. Like this isn't this isn't a group where you can hide a rookie and just hope that you know you can you can you know get get into week ten, week twelve, maybe, and then you can ask him to help. Now, if you look at this group, I mean, you got Marlon Humphrey, and of course, um, Rocky Sin is the number one and number two, and then they everyone's expecting Pepe to take over. Uh, as the slot corner, but you know he didn't necessarily. Uh, I mean, he he had bright spots, but he didn't he didn't dominate as a rookie last year. So that's not a guarantee in the slot, right? I think mm-hmm. if we both feel good about one and two, Jalen Armour Davis still working on the side, not participating with his teammates. Same story as last year. Trayvon Mullen, everybody's expecting. Look, he's twenty five. He's six two. He's two hundred pounds, but. Do you have a like? Do you know that he's going to be a, a big time help this year? Do you know for sure, or are you right. just kind of hopeful? What do you think about the cornerback room, and what do you think the likelihood is that they might go out and add like an Anthony Averett or add right. maybe not a Marcus Peters, but a, a but a, a cheaper p- a piece? Yeah. So what I think about the room is not saying that he's a world beater, right? But I know he's kind of moved to safety, but I think the Ravens are going to end up relying more on Brandon Stevens than a lot of people are anticipating as a corner this year. Uh, The only way they don't do that is if they get a guy that is a Marcus Peters or an Anthony Averett. But I don't know if I see it happening. I want it to happen because the room is top heavy. This room is comparable to the room last year, to the wide receiver room last year, where Bateman went down. We said, but if Bateman goes down and we said that, ad nauseum right like mm-hmm. and then if marlin goes down we got problems right You're right yep. and so i think that eric's gonna try and do everything he can to avoid that but uh, i just don't know how you make you know your roster is never going to be perfect and you only tinker so much so i think brandon stevens ends up and the reason i say brandon stevens is because i think he's a talented football player i'm a believer like he struggled mm-hmm. but i just feel like he's so new at defense and he's so physical and athletic and and uh you know, I, I like his hands. I know he gets a little handsy sometimes, but I like his game. He's not afraid of contact. And so um, I think he can do some stuff to help mitigate our issues there, maybe more than what 
uh, people are considering. But I'm also expecting a solid year out of Rocky Sin, a solid year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of hope you know, for those guys. Right. He's got a, but, but <laughs> still, I have a lot of trepidation around the top heaviness of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So I, I agree with you. And Brandon Stevens, to me, I just don't know how he'll ever adapt to his, his – I just I think he struggles to play the ball when it's in the air. And that – I don't know if you can just get better at that over an offseason. I hope maybe there's something, but I, I think a lot of that stuff is kind of in you or it's not. Mm. So hopefully I'm wrong and he can continue to work on that because I, I agree. I love him you know, jamming guys at the line of scrimmage. He's super physical. I love the fearlessness as a tackler. But man, I just have I have a hard time believing if they see him out there, especially on the outside, that they're not going to consistently throw his way and and challenge him. So we'll have to see. But do, what do you think the likelihood is that they do? Like, do you think Averett's the guy now? Or are you tra- are you getting away? Because I still haven't seen Marcus Peters be signed. Yeah, yet. Marcus is still my guy. And the okay. thing is that the longer that um, the longer that Marcus sits on the market, obviously the cheaper he gets. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also think it increases the likelihood that he comes back. I know that we talked about the, the beef about um, him and Lamar and that whole story that came out, right. It wasn't something that we produced, but that we heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was just things that we heard for those who like didn't, it's not something that we are coming up with. Uh, ultimately though, I think that that wouldn't impede the Ravens from bringing him back. And so I think the longer that he sits out there, who knows? Marcus could be waiting for an injury, and and maybe that would give him a bigger payday, right? Yeah. Not yeah. wanting to do training camp in general. That's true. Um, but I want Marcus Peters back in Baltimore, man. He's like if you're talking about Roquan being them. the yeah, if you if if right, no, for sure. But if you talk about Marcus Peters being the or Roquan being the heart and soul of this defense, Marcus Peters is the mouth, the hot sauce, the. He's the flavor. He's the seasoning. He's everything, right? Like he's the old yep. bay you put on your fries, mm-hmm. right? Like Marcus Peters is 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 more of a contributor to this defense and his personality than I think people are willing to you know realize. It's not. It's just I don't know. I feel like it's just hard you just to let go of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't buy him being washed just yet. I think he's still me neither. Give left. him another year off that injury. Yep, yep. One more year at least. Um, last question about this group. A guy that isn't listed as a corner, I think, might be a guy that's asked to do a lot of help at corner. Or Darius Washington was was getting a lot of hype at the last OTAs, was getting his hands on the ball. Just described as a guy who's always around the ball, you know. And, yeah, he's undersized at 5'8", 175. But he could still be asked to slide into that nickel role, a role that he saw, you know, himself in as a rookie, you know, that that's kind of how they were transitioning him to. He did so in college. What do you think the chances are Darius could find his way on the roster as that nickel corner and play a little bit of safety as well? Yeah, that's a tough one for me to analyze only because I feel like just the majority of the time I've, I've seen him in my head as a safety, but ultimately, like you said, if you got ball skills and he's got, he's got experience doing it in the past, sometimes you do what you got to do to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And if he's got the ability to do so, well then put him out there. It doesn't really matter what position you're listed at, right? Like if you can get the job done, you can get the job done. So um, I've always been a fan and I just hope he can stay healthy. That's the biggest thing for the kid. He's yep. got to stay healthy, man. Um, so hopefully his body can withstand it and, uh, and stay healthy. And and DK, of course, is 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 pinging us here because Trayvon Mullen, Lamar's cousin, does the yeah, family. I mentioned get... him. I mentioned oh, did him. you? 
Yeah, I mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Any hope for him? Well, I mean, like I said, he's 25. He's 60. He's a big guy. He's 200 yeah. pounds. I think I think he's got, you know, and I, I remember watching Lamar talk about, you know, how cool it is that he gets to play with him and, and how excited he is. But, I mean, he's a, he's in his fifth year, right? Like, so he's it's not like he's a new – it's not like he's a, a newcomer to this league. And to this point, I mean, he hasn't made a whole lot – you know, he's, yeah, he's in his fifth, he's, he's a five-year vet. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't made an impact, you know, a known impact as far as I know yet. So I just, I just can't count like, oh yeah, I, I know for sure he's going to be a, a, a big time contributor, but yeah, that's fair. He is tall. I love his height. I love his height, his length, you know, and look, he's five, he's a five-year vet. He's only 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got to like that, man. It's like Pat Queen was like, yeah, I feel I think he said, I feel fortunate to be this far into my career. And what's he, 25 years old? Yeah. And he's already yeah. in what, his like fourth year, fifth year. It's crazy. Yeah. Wasn't he the youngest? In, I think he was the youngest in yep. his draft class. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, there's definitely a benefit to getting out there young. Uh, but yeah, fifth year and he's, he's already, he's only 25. That's amazing, dude. So yeah, yeah shout out to him. But I hope he does. I mean, he's going to want to. He's going to have all the motivation in the world to play with his cousin. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but uh, what other? I mean, are there? Oh, we, did talk, we did talk about left guard. That's right. I forgot. We did do a video. Yeah, we did do a video on left guard. About left guard, and you know, right now it's it looks like it's Sala versus Cleveland versus Simpson versus McCary. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you want to watch us talk about left guard, you watch that other video. Yeah, Great. that would be my suggestion for sure. Who gets more interceptions this year, Marlon or Rocky Sin? What's your prediction? I think Marlon is going to have. More interceptions. Well, I don't think either one are necessarily big interception guys. So if Marcus I had, guess, yeah, well, look, he's not an option, Jimbo. Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick between those guys, yeah, I'll go with Marlon. Uh, even though I'm not, I don't feel great about it. But yeah, yeah, just, and it's funny. I for I would say the the opposite only because I think that they're going to throw away from Marlon. Good point. You know, what I mean, just just based on opportunity. But I don't to get think either one are jumping. Right. I think the right. way they get picks is a ball's tipped and it's yeah. not thrown their way, and they just are in the right spot. Or like one of those. I feel like Marlon's done this before, where like the receiver comes down with it and he like snatches it out of their hand. That's true. You know, I, what I mean, see like that. something yep. like that. But neither of these guys are Marcus Peters in that way. No, nope. Marcus. You know, these Marcus will outsmart the quarterback, 100%. right? And just clean and the other way, right? So, um, yeah, I think that. Uh, but ultimately, I think our interceptions leader uh, is Marcus Williams or maybe Roquan. Just wow. Saying. No way. Not Roquan. He, he's going to get his hands on a couple. I think two. Well, two might. I mean, you never know. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, might be spread out enough to where if he gets two or three, then he might be the leader in the clubhouse. Man, DK, as I'm queuing it up, he's queuing it up at the same time. Look at that. That is amazing. Um what, the, the the Lamar video? Dude, it's we have it paused at the same I, I like clicked back and then DK already has it up as I'm like preparing it. That's just you see that? It's the next level stuff. I don't dude. know why I was even thinking I had to do anything. I guess um I'm you know, anyway, but on to that. Uh we did get some Ravens news that has That's come right. out, released from players themselves, I believe. Yep. Uh, and as you can see here, DK is going to throw up on the screen. QB1 wor working with first-round pick Zay Flowers. As you can see here, throwing routes, catching passes. 
uh, man, it's good to see, man. I mean, I, I, I know we didn't get a, a ton of, of looks, but from what we did see, I think Lamar looks like he's lost some weight. I think he's trimmed down a little bit. I know he balked up last year expecting to take, mm-hmm. you know, some extra punishment, but he's looking good. Zay, I know looking over at Zay like, dude, you got to have your shirt off. Really? No, dude. But like, I tell you, you what, have to? is it necessary? I would. If I look like, if I had, you know, if I was ripped up, believe me, I'd be in the grocery store with no shirt in the milk aisle. You know what I'm saying? They had to just put me out. Just a whole thing of milk. Just... just when they tell me something about it, I pour it on myself. <laughs> and let it drip. Let that leche drip off me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? I mean, oh, you got to give the guy credit. Glenn in the food line, dude. At the food line, bruh. Nah, the food line's got a strapped guard, bro. You can't, <laughs> you can't act any type of way in the food line because he's strapped. You know, Dude, that... I might be getting myself in trouble here. You know, what we used to do the food line when we were kids. Oh no, what'd you do? This is why Dude, there's we... an armed security guard. <laughs> we used to fill carts like three. It would be me and my brother and one other person. We go up there, overflow the carts, and just leave them. Oh, that's Dude, <laughs> that's such a dirtbag move. Dude. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, dude, I'd almost rather you told me you stole something. No, with just as much stuff as we could. I <laughs> mean, just all so much stuff. stuff. No, and, yeah, and like Take 10 it to the gallons other side of milk. Of the store. Oh. 10 gallons of milk and like, yeah, oh, terrible, right? Yeah, that's, that is not very nice. Oh, sorry. Um, I wanted to throw this up. I for, totally forgot. We're going to get back to line. that video. Uh, but Eli Hoff says, what does the O-line look in, in general – Who's making the depth chart behind those starters? Where would you rank our O-line from others in the NFL? Um, what's going on, Laney? Appreciate you coming out. Um, well, they did just release this, uh, and I kind of agreed with the rankings. I think they had the Ravens as the fourth best offensive line in the league. Uh, I, I don't remember. It might have been ESPN. Uh, but they ranked, I believe off the top of my head, the Chiefs were ahead of us, the Eagles, and the Browns were the only three teams ahead of us with a better offensive line, and then the Ravens were right there. So uh, I expect the Ravens to have a great offensive line. I think it's gonna it's gonna be right up there, top top, you know, one of the top groups. The only question is, can the left guard rise to the play of those around him? I mean, he's gonna have great players, I think, at every position around him. The only question is, you know, can that person be good enough to where he's not, you know, uh, the, the glaring weakness that other teams look to exploit, even though they, they will early on, but let's hope you know, whoever it is that they do enough. But as far as behind them, you know, of course you got Patrick McCary, who's going to be the, the all everything going to be inserted wherever the first guy goes down, I believe. Uh, unless maybe, let me ask you this, Jimbo, if, mm-hmm. if, if it's week two and Morgan Moses goes down, who goes in? Hmm. I think it's Falele. Yeah, because we haven't good, seen you know. McCarry a ton at right tackle, right? We've seen the majority uh, at the go- early on. He's early. He's mostly his left tackle, right? I thought his, or I thought that one season. Well, maybe you're right. But because we always had, had Orlando right. when uh, when Villanueva was was trying to play right, and then he had to go to left. Who was our right tackle the rest of the year? Wasn't Orlando still here? Nah, not when not when Alejandro Villanueva was here. I think that was when McCary played right tackle. For okay, us. I, yeah, you might be right. Well, then I guess I I mean if that's the case, yeah, it's still tough. I don't know if it's fine. It all depends on how Felele looks in camp, man. If he yeah. takes that year two step forward, because we both know that we feel like 
physically Fad Lele has more gifts than McCarry, but that hasn't stopped McCarry from beating people out before. That's exactly they, they have way more physical gifts. Way more. Yeah, he's just the smallest pit bull with the with the it's not the size of the dog that's in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. He's a perfect mm-hmm. example of that, right? Like the dude just holds on for dear life. He's like a you know those fish that hold on to whales and like live off of the whale. Oh yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how he, he like he just grabs onto him and he's like, All right, dude. We're going. going. For, yeah, exactly. Well, what so about yeah. Salah? You think Salah has a shot to compete? I think he ends up being the starting left guard. Okay. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for now, at least early yeah. on from what I've read and what I've been able to see. I think that would be the most exciting because I think Ben Cleveland has fallen from the grace of the Ravens. It's funny. I saw, I think it was a tweet or something from the other day. Looks like he's getting uh, a home built and getting some land developed or something of that nature. And, uh, I think the caption said something to the effect of I'm trying to get this like land developed, trying to get this home built or whatever, like, or get this project started or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, man, you better hurry. Cause you might be out of a paycheck. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He's fighting for his job this year. It's just, it is what it is. Right. It's, it's come to that. And it's crazy how fast the NFL comes, comes, you know, life comes at you in the NFL. So, yep. um, yeah, I think it ends up being, uh, to answer your question, I'm just going to say McCary. It's going to be McCary. Um, but, I would prefer that it's followed to that because then it means he's really taking a big step forward. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know how confident I feel in that answer, but the thing I, can you list I really quickly? Cause I want to talk about the three that are in front of us. And it was the, who was, I know the Browns and the chiefs were in front of us, but who were the, who was the third? The Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. Which I, I guess offensive line in football last year. And I think they yeah. went all back pretty much. No, right. I was going to say, I was trying to think if any of those units, had any movement more than what we have because one of the things I'm excited about with this offensive line in general is the continuity. And and they all did mention that Cleveland bringing back all five of their starters from last year as well. Right. And so uh yeah, I know that I know that the Eagles have Lane Johnson, they got Kelsey still. They got uh what's that left tackle, the young guy? They got Yeah, yeah, uh Mal- Malatule or I Yeah, he's the rugby remember. player. The seven-round draft pick that they took a flyer on that I said the Ravens should have picked up. See? Should have listened to us. What's up dude, with you, Ozzy? What's up dude, with Eric, you don't, Eric you don't, Look, dude, this is, you don't pass on a poly, dude. You know? You know, you got a shot at one? You I always it. say I couldn't pass a poly. <laughs> you know, don't put me – don't strap me up. <laughs> nah, dude, stories. I mean, look, I'm just – yeah, anyway, so that's uh, – anyway, Jordan Malata. There you go. Thank you. Jordan Malata, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm excited about the Ravens' continuity because I think that's right. number one. That's yeah, and, and, and that's probably a theme with all those, those exactly. teams at the top. Right. They all brought I was back. I'm going to argue that we're better than the maybe the other three projection-wise based on continuity, but it's all relatively the same. Yep, yep, yep. What about? So I mean, about, but it's a good group. But let's put that back up. You want to put it back up or? Oh, the video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want. I want to know. Do you think these are the only two guys, or do you think there's some guys maybe off camera uh, that might well, be there as OBJ well? OBJ is golfing. Okay. Well, OBJ, he look, he's a celebrity. He's got things to do. Okay. But where, <laughs> where is all the other guys on the team? I mean, like, why is why am I not seeing guys like James Prochet? Like, Dude, do you think- I, yeah, Tylen Wallace is apparently watching movies with his feet up. See what I'm saying? Living life. Working. See what I'm saying? <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be out there with Lamar trying to become his best friend. You better believe that. Like, Let me ask you this, though. Do you think it's crazy to say, and you might say I'm crazy, that 
there's a chance that Zay Flowers at this by the season's end is the number one receiver on the team. Glenn, think about what you just said for a second. What? Think about this, Glenn. Come on. What? Literally, Kadri Did you just say that? Oh, did he say laughed that? me off the stage at our live show, remember? Oh, when you said he was going to be our he number said, one? Ha, ha, ha. L-O-L. Oh, that's right. He ha, did. Ha, ha, ha. But I'm, I've already called it. It's going to happen. Okay, well, I'll give you credit now. I, I remember that now. He did laugh you right off the stage. but he literally laughed at me. He's working with I – lo- I love the fact that we're already seeing this because yes. this tells me that Zay reached – like. I don't think this is a situation where Lamar is like constantly hounding Zay and getting him out of bed to come work out. This Love tells football. me Zay reached out to Lamar mm-hmm. and wants to make things happen. And like, you know, together, it could have been a together thing, but it just tells me that he's really, you know, he wants to make plays now. Dude, maybe I'm getting too excited, but when I watch him, like when you just see the back of him like this, he looks like a young AB to me. Like he looks like him, he moves like him. Like, the suddenness, the build, everything. I'm like, holy crap. Like, mm-hmm. this is just exciting stuff. So, I mean, I'm so excited for this kid. I, I, I'm i really looking forward to it. I think we did a good job picking him. And it'll be interesting. And look, ultimately, he's been relatively available in college. I know other guys that, um, you know, Rashad Bateman went through college healthy. And, and I even think OBJ went through college. I think he had one ACL in college. But I think he went through sort of healthy. So, it just is a crapshoot at the same time. But it, whoever can say the healthiest of the three as well is also going to determine who ends yeah. up being the wide receiver one, right? But I yeah. think Zay breaks out, dude. I think he's going to get the ball in a ton of different situations. He has got to be like the coaches. He's got to he's got to be the favorite by the coach because he's a guy that can do in. He can go inside. He can go outside. He can be your trick guy, your gadget. He can do every single thing in your playbook. Whereas there's not many guys on the roster that can operate effectively in all those different areas, uh, mm-hmm. which has got to be making Devin Duvernay go, golly, there goes my Jets. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. And the crazy no. thing, think about this, Glenn, because if you would have said maybe, I don't know, I'm might be dating ourselves, like aging ourselves at this point, but. Um, I was going to say, we're dating? Hold no, on, no, like, like aging ourselves. Uh, <laughs> like if date. you remember Wes Welker and like the short guy, wide receiver revolution happened. Like even you can throw Amendola. Steve, yeah. Steve Smith, you could throw into there too. Like now you got a guy like Zay, who's even though he's been shorter, hasn't been limited to playing his career in the slot. He's developed on the outside and on the inside. So mm-hmm. he presents so many problems, even though he's not the tallest guy because he's got the, the lateral quickness. He's got, you know, strength. He's got um, the ability to jump. He plays bigger than he is his route running. So there's still, it's just exciting to see that, you know, he's not a traditional 6'4", 220, but he, in other ways, presents his whole, a whole set of problems. No doubt, no doubt. Think about he all is... the corners that people are drafting for height at corner mm-hmm. that got long strides, and now Zay is going to, in, in, in two steps, already be past him. Yeah, I love, just that move right there. That, his yeah. ability where he just he snatches the ball, puts his foot in the ground, boom, changes direction. Oh, I just imagine it's next it, level. Yeah. Like it's, it's this one right here where he goes, he runs the slant, catches it, and then he cuts again. No, nah, you'll, <laughs> well, I like that. One. But yeah, nah, there's this, I think it's, I think it's this one. Boom, boom. Yeah. Ah, corners are going to go right by him. Yeah. You know I mean, like 100%. Yeah. I'm uh, excited. But last question on the wide receiver room. 
and I saw it today, and I want to get your take on it now. Is there a chance – look, we did a video about which player would be most likely to earn a contract extension of the – and we didn't name every single player right. with one year. But one one guy I think we may have missed. We didn't talk a lot about Nelson Aguilar's chances of himself earning a contract extension with the value – because we, we everybody knows OBJ. But he got, what, $18 million? I mean, Nelson got a quarter of that. And, like, so for value purposes, could he end up being – like the more value, like the, the better value signing if mm-hmm. at the season's end. Yeah, I, I think that that's not very far-fetched. If you look at Nelson's career, um, you know, obviously he got drafted in the first round. What wasn't what people expected him to be. And and the Eagles had a bad string of wide receivers in the first round. I think that's why they went out and just said, yeah. screw it, we're getting A.J. Brown because we can't draft him. <laughs> yep. right? So we might as well pay for one. Um, but And we'll stick to the D-line. Right, like we'll just draft yeah. D linemen and quarterbacks. Front seven um, only. Right, exactly. Um, but when you look at the situation where he had the best supporting cast, I think you can argue that it was at the Raiders, right? He had Waller. Yeah. He had, jeez, uh, who's the short guy? Renfro. Renfro. Um, uh, I think he had another guy on the outside as well. But ultimately he was like their three. And Waller is really a wide receiver one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, when he was in a situation that fit – his skill set best. He averaged 18.7 a, uh, a catch. Best deep ball threats in the league. Right. On 48 catches, Glenn, 48 catches, 896 yards on 48 catches and eight touchdowns. Crazy. Eight tutties, too. I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and you know, Lamar will push the ball down the field. He loves to throw it deep. And with, I think it's, it's fair to say this is his best group that Nelson's been in from a depth perspective. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's one of the better. I mean, look, I don't, and we're going to get, I think we will have to do a standalone video, Bill Barnwell's ranking of the uh, supporting cast, as he called it, which was basically wide receiver, tight end, running back. Mm. He ranked all of them across the league. Ravens were 15. Mm. <clears throat> Middle of the pack, average supporting yeah. cast around their quarterback. Average. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But um, I mean, look, it just, it, it, I totally messed my uh my my whole flow up, but no, I think I think Nelson has a chance to be the deep ball threat. Yeah, that this team's been missing because I I know OBJ can do it, but I expect him to get so much attention. Like I know that Bateman can do it, and I and I think he will. Just hope he stays healthy and can and continue you know to play on the field. And I think Zay can do it, but I think Zay is more quick than he is top end burner speed. But I think he's got enough speed to be it. But Nelson, you're I think Nelson has a chance while all those other guys are commanding so much attention to be that sneaky threat. Yeah, because who are you going to put in? Exactly. You're going to have to put your fourth or fifth corner on. Right. And think about this, Glenn. So, do you remember, wasn't it the, I know that there was a while where the Bucks did this a lot, but also, now I'm thinking about the Browns did this, and I think in the game that they beat us, they scored two touchdowns this way. It was four wide, and Mm -hmm. they they were all go routes. That was when they had, didn't have Perriman for a year? Uh, Who? Didn't the, wasn't he on the Browns for a year? Or was that the Bucks? The Bucks. He was on the Bucks. Okay, so sure. you know they had. Let's see. So they had OBJ. They had Landry. They had Peoples Jones, and I'm forgetting someone. Oh, uh, his buddy. Oh man, uh, he was a, he was a popular target for for Baker. Wasn't that I'm, Peoples Jones? No, well, he was too. But there's another guy. Uh, start with an H. I want to say. Type oh. it, DK. What is it? It starts with an H, doesn't it, DK? DK knows it. it. Yo, you know, of course he knows it. 
private chat. What is it? Higgins. Higgins. I knew it was. An yeah. Eight. But do you remember? I think they scored two touchdowns on us that game. It was literally just four verticals. Oh yeah. It looked simple. Yeah. Imagine lining up that way and you got three, I mean, three and a half to four certified burners. Yep. It's going to be exciting stuff. To see and then you got happens. Mark Andrews too, just to, right. by the just, way. Yeah. Just to, just to <laughs> add it in there. Right. Like <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. So I, I just Ooh. cannot, if you guys haven't seen the Ravens most recent wired um, episode, I think you should check them. If you haven't seen all of them, watch all of them because they're awesome. They're like our own team's hard knocks. It's awesome. So, yeah, check it out. You get kind of a little behind the scenes on these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, certainly make sure to, to check it out. Um, there was something else that we were talking about. Oh, that was that was the it was the Nelson piece. I felt like there was something else we were missing. But I think what we'll do next week when we when we put some videos is we'll. I feel like today with the position battles, we all ended up talking only offense, which is fine. But we definitely got to talk about we defense. Talked corner. Oh, we, we did talk corner. That's yeah. true. But we still got to get to safety, talk about yep. Kyle Hamilton's progression. And then the back end of that safety room is interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely. And how they're going to use Kyle Hamilton. Are... Yeah. Because, I, man, I tell you, I'd hate to take the, to, if they took him out of the role that made him the highest rated safety in the yep. National Football League. Yep. Mm, it's tricky. What do you, right. Because you want him to develop into something but you don't want to lose what you got he was and then the also, best in the league at it right and how and how will the incorporation of simpson or simpson trent mm -hmm, trent mm -hmm. simpson isn't that his name yeah yep. how will that go right like how will that look and that has a uh that coincides with with kyle hamilton and his mm -hmm. move right yep, so yep. that that'll be interesting as well and the outside linebacker group we've talked about as far as being a big need so there's a still a ton to get into um <laughs> sorry i'm laughing at dk's message he said, yeah, he's the, you know, he's the best rated, but it is PFF. That's true. Well, That's look, true. DK, if you think about it this way, PFF rated a Raven as the best. So that could be like. Oh, you got to be really yeah. playing your ass off to be a Raven right. rated high. That's right. You got a, a bird and a, and, a, and a bee on your helmet, then uh, right. You got to be playing really well because Lamar Jackson was out of the top 25 of 25 list after being the number one player in football. And Fred Warner was number one. What I, on earth? I like Fred, but yes, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I like. I like. I Fred. mean, goodness gracious. Um. Anyway, I think that's it for us tonight, folks. I had a lot of fun, man. I missed going live, Glenn. I know live's the best. It this is absolutely the best. Um. Hopefully, you guys get a lot out of the recorded videos, and uh, you know, be sure to to check them out. Anything that we didn't cover, make sure to go check it out. And of course, as always, make sure you subscribe. But I think that's it for us tonight. We'll be back mm -hmm. next week. And uh, and looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and and unless there's something that urgently breaks, of yeah, course yeah, of we'll course. be back. And let's hope that if it does, it's not bad news about Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope there's another Raven being added to this squad before camp. Uh, but most importantly, hope nobody gets hurt, nobody gets in any trouble. Uh, but yeah, as Jimmy said, we'll be back next week. See you. See you.